It's Ife Chooks at this way and you are listening to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. So here is the real mystery. How do working women like us, who know deep down that we are made for more, we desire to make God proud but always end the day with no time or energy for ourselves, talk more of betting the more in us. How do we know this more? How do we profitably bet our dreams, our callings and our passions without breaking down, without losing our sanity, our homes or our jobs, at least for now? That is the glaring question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ife Chuksadizwe and you are welcome to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. Let's do this. Yes. Hi, Dupe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. You. <laughs> welcome to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. I remember the first time I saw your name. It was interesting to pronounce <laughs> i like pronouncing <laughs> it i don't know why know. it was interesting to pronounce and this was years ago and i started following you you know interestingly i think it was about two years ago i just started following a lot of career women right. that were doing extras i just i felt i just felt very happy doing it like also oh, i'm not the only weird person around it <laughs> there are a couple of others like me so i started following you um and it's very very exciting seeing you know the journey and how it, things have changed and moved countries have changed roles have changed but i think the key things still remain um your career woman you you're betting your more in terms of the extra things you do i know you do mm-hmm. career coaching mentoring you have your book um your wife you're a mom i mean so it's our kind of journey <laughs> so welcome 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 so please introduce yourself to the listeners just a lot more who is dupe akins oh my god yes. <laughs> okay okay i mean let me start from the name that tongue twisting yes <laughs> i remember when i was going to get married i'm like how do I treat my maiden name? It was just a four-letter word. I mean, so easy to pronounce. And then I was going for this very long name, you know. So it's a pleasure to be here. And um, I'm excited. And I really want to say thank you to you, Ife, for putting together such an uncommon program for uncommon thank people, you. right? Thank right. You. It's really amazing. The part you don't know is that mm-hmm. I, I got to know you more than two years ago. But we'll get into all of that. Yeah. We'll get into I'm- that. <laughs> I was almost going to become a client of yours, but hey, we're going to really? go. Really? Don't worry, we'll get into that. Very <laughs> years ago. Okay, okay, so who is Dupe? I would say Dupe is... <clears throat> how do I... Okay, where do I start from now? It feels like an interview. <laughs> so Dupe is um, a chemical engineer turned human resources professional with um, many sides to her. She's a multifaceted professional and individual um i've got about 15 years experience across multiple industries and um, within the human resources space um i've i've worked with how do i put a client across multiple industries I'm, I, you know that's because i have a nine to five and i also have a side business that i do um, i'm passionate about helping people become a better version of themselves i'm, I'm married I live in the United Kingdom. I moved here. I moved here about two years ago. So I'm married and I've got three kids. Um, so that's me in a summary. And I would say that if you ever get, get to meet me, I'll be that smiling, um, very personal person in your space. <laughs> <laughs> very 
very energetic and um, in some moments I can be the life of the party. So that's me in summary. Amazing. Thank you. You know, when I see people that switch from engineering to <laughs> in my world, because I, I started out marketing, my first boss was chemical engineering graduate. And then she did, right. she moved into marketing and she's really grown in it. She's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And I wonder like, why did you spend how many years reading engineering if you were going to come and do like this kind of stuff that we do? <laughs> so what's, what really caused the switch from engineering to HR for mm. you? Right. So let me tell you, just hold. So, you know, growing up, we, we all had many ideas of mm -hmm. who we were going to become. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I was going to become when I was younger was a gas engineer. And mm -hmm. the reason was because I, was, I wanted to make a difference in the environment. I felt um, we had been told in geography, one of the courses we, take back, we took back in, uh, in high school, that mm -hmm. the ozone layer was depleting and there was going to be global warming. And mm -hmm. we're not careful, the world would get submerged in water. That kind of scared me. And so I was that passionate girl who wanted to make a difference in the environment. But then I went through school and went through all of the engineering courses and whatever. And I didn't quite understand how what I was being taught in class was going to help me make a difference. <laughs> until my final year okay so in my final year i took a course called environmental engineering that was the first time i was going to see something practical relatable oh my god that was my alarm something practical something mm -hmm. relatable and mm -hmm. we, we we looked at two major explosions in the history of the chemical industry where mm -hmm. It, there wasn't just an impact on the environment, but we had losses, massive losses of lives or massive loss of lives. Yes. And I thought that was scary. And one of the things that that did for me was to start asking questions. So all the years I had spent in school was about processes, was about, you know, inanimate things. Mm. And for the first time, I realized the impact of the chemical industry, not just on the environment, but on people. And I remember going to meet my lecturer at the time to say, all these years we've been in school, you never for once took a course on human beings. Like, how do good people go wrong? Hmm. How, how did chemical industry, I mean, you hire the best hands, you hire the brightest students. I mean, you don't, you have very sharp people in engineering. That mm -hmm. how could you hire people who are so brilliant, yet they produce dangerous such disasters. Yeah, such disasters. What went? So I, I got curious. And so I remember walking to my lecturer at the time to ask him, and then he said to me, if you think there is a disconnect or there's a gap, why don't you feel it? Hmm. And whether he meant it as a joke or he was serious, I started to ask people, is there any field of discipline that looks at people that helps people, you know, to become better, to do good. And so the closest I found was human resources. And so ah. I said, that is the field. So I like to call myself a people engineer of some sort. You know, but just <laughs> sometimes when you say that, people are like, oh, what does that mean? People engineer. <laughs> so I, I, I love to design pathways that will help people discover and maximize their potentials, you know, getting to work and being the best at work. Your employer 
get the best out of you, the society get the best out of you. So that's how I transitioned from engineering, really, <laughs> to human resources. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So when you came out from school, was mm -hmm. that a case of the first job you were looking for was a HR job, or did you have to go do certifications before you oh, could start out in HR? It was, I, it was for me. I needed to learn and I needed to learn quickly. Learning for me was not going back into the classroom. It was, where do people get to? Where, where can I be exposed to this sort of knowledge? And mm. so I, I, I started asking, you know, when you ask the right questions, I was blank really. So all I could do was ask questions. So people referred me to a consulting firm. And so even before I went for my mandatory youth core program, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. started working in an HR consulting firm. Amazing, amazing. So you had already started the career. There. I knew what that's, I wanted. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's good. Okay. And so over the years, you've grown in HR. Um, and then how did career, the career mentoring program you do, how did that start off? Where do we start from? Ooh, so, I, I mean, I'm a product of mentoring. I've been mm -hmm. privileged to have people mentor me. Okay. But it wasn't because it was a fancy thing to do. Now, these days, you have mentoring, you know, as an mm -hmm. in topic mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, as far back as 15 years ago, I remember walking up to my, to the person who was going to be my first mentor to say, I would like to learn from you. I would like to, you know, I don't know what it is, but I, I see something about you and I would like to learn you know, I would like to learn from you. And so I started that. I didn't have the mind of doing that for people in a sense. It wasn't what I had in mind. But I think over time in my field as an HR professional, you see people wanting to draw knowledge from you. Mm -hmm. I belonged to a group then back in my church where I used to serve. We had a career counseling unit. So it wasn't called mentoring at the time, but people would naturally gravitate towards you as an HR professional to ask for career advice and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the, it was in 2017 or 2016 that people started to demand in, in, their, in large numbers on LinkedIn. You know, people mm. will come to me, you know, Dupe, I need help with this, I need help with that. And once in a while, you, you know, you type your responses, you know, where you can, you respond to as many people as possible. But one day I said, you know what, hold on a second. This is not sustainable anymore. How many mm -hmm. people am I going to give myself to? So the first thing I did at the time was I had my first program. So I said, you know what? People come into my inboxes to ask me for career advice. It is not efficient anymore to do it one-on-one, -on -one, okay? So if you need me to advise, you have any question, why don't you meet me up at this particular location? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was asking for. I had over 100 people show up from LinkedIn. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we booked out. It was supposed to be a bar. We 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 filled it out. We filled it out. I didn't know what hit us. And <laughs> we had the first one. We had the second one. And then we went to Ghana to have another session. That was when I said, okay, you know what? I was doing all of these things on my own, you know, bill. I was paying yeah. fees. I was even sponsoring some people, my volunteers, to come with me. You know, I mm -hmm. remember some people going on the way, even by road to Ghana, to come and volunteer with me, you know, wow. I realized that, you know, I need to start charging for this. And 
I think I got to a point in my career as well where I started to pay mentors to mentor me. Not mm. because mentoring can't be done for free, but because I realized that the people I truly want are people whose time isn't that available. Everybody wanted them as well. So one way to ensure that I grabbed a slot was to pay something for their time. So mm. I would pay and um, they prioritize me. So because it bec they become committed to me. So in a sense, I started to give back that way as well. So yes, I run my career mentoring. It officially launched in 2021. You know, there's a group mentoring, but I also have a one-on-one -on -one where people don't want to be in a group. I have mm -hmm. the one-on-one -on -one sessions where they can pull me into their corner and ask me all the questions they want to. <laughs> okay. So... How long had you been in your career before you launched this career mentoring um, platform? Um, by that time, mm, so let me think about it. Twenty, I would say about ten years, almost ten years, about ten years, maybe nine, nine years exactly. Mm -hmm. When you started, did you feel like, oh my god, this is not what I bargained for? Like I'm not ready to do this, or oh, and then want to actually step away sometimes so let me tell you before i started that i had interestingly started some other initiatives before then you see okay. um i got to a point i think it was in 2015 i can't remember what year now yeah it was in 2016 mm -hmm. i we had a situation in the company i was working for at the time i was the hr business partner for a couple of countries and okay. we needed to have a restructuring hmm. and being the point you know the 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 the, 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 the contact person for this project I, I i was involved in all the decision making process mm -hmm. i knew who was going to be let go off and why in some cases these were great people people in some cases these were talents hmm. but there was a, a business decision that had to be made and it was no respect of how well you were good on your job. Mm. And so I had some moments to reflect personally. Now, before then, I had always taken pride in the fact that I'm a career person. So if you ask me to come for business shows or mm. business meetings, mm. I would tell you, mm. thank you, but no thanks. <laughs> you know, because if I do a good job, mm -mm -mm. I'm not going to have to do business. So yeah. I respect the business people, but it wasn't my thing. And so one of these interesting days, I was by myself. And one thing you need to be able to do as an individual is to introspect. You need to spend time with yourself. You see, I realized that a lot of times we pay attention to everybody else around us, but not us. Mm. And there's no way you can get the clarity you want if you don't listen to that inner voice. So I, I remember asking myself, I remember I was reflecting and, you know, that thought came to mind. Why don't you start something that is yours? <laughs> I laughed. I said, no, I'm a career person. You know, I'm not a business person, you know. Mm -hmm. and for the first time in my life, I asked myself, who told you? Ah, who that's so powerful. Yeah, who told you you're a career person? Who put mm. that label on you? And nobody. There had never been anybody who looked at me and said, mm, the way I'm looking at you, you're a career person. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it 
was me all these years. And one thing about limiting beliefs is that you tell yourself so much, you believe it. Yes. You actually start acting it out unconsciously. Yes, you act it out unconsciously. In fact, mm -hmm. what then happens is when somebody else now says that exact thing to you, you'd be like, I knew mm -hmm. it, even me, I knew, thank you. But mm -hmm. the only reason why we accept it is because we've been waiting for someone to validate it. And mm -hmm. the only reason why people see that side of you is because you have believed it and you have started to act it out. So act people it out. see it and then they give you that label, you know? Mm -hmm. so I said, who told you? Nobody. So I had to look deeper. So Dupe, why do you think you're not a business person? And I realized that my real reason was because I was afraid. I was afraid that if I go into business, I wasn't going to make it. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to sell. My mm -hmm. income, you know, and because when you think of selling back, you know, in Nigeria at the time, you know, you hear about targets. How do I meet certain? I'm like, it was scary. Like, no, <laughs> I didn't want to think about having to sell, dealing with rejections and not being able to meet my targets. Mm. So I realized that I was actually afraid. And so it was my fear all along that limited me from exploring the potentials of, of making or doing business. So, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to deal with this fear. So what mm -hmm. did I do? I remember going online, ordering a copy of a book by Brian Tracy called The Psychology of Sin. One mm. way to deal with fear is to deal with your ignorance because fear thrives on ignorance. If you know that nothing is going to happen negatively to you in the future, you will no longer be afraid of the future. When people say, I have fear of the unknown, it's because somewhere in your mind, you need someone to reassure you that tomorrow is going to be fine. That's all mm -hmm. you're saying when you say, I have the fear of the unknown. You know? So I told myself, if I have the fear of selling, it's because I need to deal with how to sell. And by the time I read this book, I said to myself, I'm not going to have to sell another day because I'm going to become so attractive, I won't have to sell. People are going to look for me. And that changed it. And you got 100 people to a venue. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I realized that selling is not even so much about the money you make. It's about how much you get people to believe in you as a person. How mm. much you get people to believe in your brand. So I started to show up confidently. I started, you know, doing stuff on Facebook. Guess what? I didn't know what I was doing but I started doing stuff anyway. So I would tell people like, oh, wow, let, let's, let, I want to tell you about leadership. <laughs> and then I, I would go and get a leadership book and say, we're reading chapter one today. And so this is what J John Maxwell says about leadership. And so mm. nobody people just want you to show up and give them value. They don't care whether it is yours. They don't care whether you're, do you see what I mean? So I started yeah. to show up. I started to teach people from books I was reading. Do you know that the first money I made did not come so much from selling so much? It was just someone who said, I see you on Facebook. Please, a trainer just, just quitted on us. Are you able to do X, Y, Z? And then she mm. gave me a job. And I made my one month salary in one weekend. That wow. was when I knew that I was made. That was when I had to register something. Like business has started, you know. So, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really enjoying talking to you because I think you know how you're hitting the key things. I remember my own story as well. Right. I always used to tell myself, oh no, I'm not a business person. I'm a career mm-hmm. person. You know, you just focus on your laptop work and you just do stuff. <laughs> but man, I got to a point like, ah, who told you this, man? Who, 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 who saw this light? <laughs> You know, it's, at a point, even my husband used to tell me that like, I ah, know if you, if my you're not, a, you're not, a, you're not. A, my husband's an entrepreneur. It's like you're not an entrepreneur, oh, like us. Okay. Yeah, I'm like yes. Yeah, so please, I just take my job and I focus on it. When I started business, at a point, he was like, ah, "Baby, I've changed, dude. You are oh. terrible." <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, dear." Amazing, amazing. I see you're also a John Maxwell coach. So it started from the sharing the books. So how did that also come into the... So I will tell you this. There is no certification in the world that you can get that can replace the belief you have in yourself first. Hmm. And this is what I mean. All the while that I was doubting myself, I had that certification. Oh, wow. But you know what? Let me tell you the trap a lot of professionals get into. You know, when we finish from school, we tell ourselves there's no end to learning. And so we keep learning. Mm. And that was where I was. And it's a good place to be. It's not bad. And mm-hmm. so when I left school, because, you know, my background was engineering, I was coming into HR, I practically didn't have any qualification in that sense. Mm. So one of the things I did, I remember when I was leaving school, I gave myself a five-year goal. I said, within five years of graduating from school, I would have become an HR consultant. I would be working with a multinational. I would have acquired a global HR certification. I would have gotten married and I would have at least one child. Those mm-hmm. were my five goals. And the reason why I remember them clearly is because a lecturer made us to do it. A lecturer told mm-hmm. us that until he signed us out of the department, you needed to have those five goals, You know, your five goals written out. I said, well, nobody gets killed for writing goals. <laughs> I'm just going to write what I want, what I desire. And I did. And so I made it a duty that every two to three years in my career, I take a professional exam. And so I had a lineup of the kind of exams I wanted to write. So I'd written the first one, written the second one. And then one of these days I was on LinkedIn and then I saw something about being certified by John Maxwell. And I was curious, like, what does this mean? I know John Maxwell, I've read his books. And what is this? So I Googled it and I found it. And this course, this certification was going to cost me $5,000. Now, before then, I'd only taken certifications, max $500. You know, certification, certification, you just, you know. And the time you convert it, it's some heavy duty, six digits, and way mm-hmm. more expensive than my local, you know, the local HR certification. Mm-hmm. I really felt I'd been doing very good with, so when I saw $5,000 for certification, not even a degree, (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, but I wanted it. I wanted it because becoming a certified coach, trainer, speaker resonated with what I wanted my life to be about. I wanted people to become a better version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Every other thing I had done were the, technical skills of HR. It didn't kind of resonate with my core purpose. But this one did. Oh, it was $5,000. You know what I did? Mm -hmm. I remember shortly 
before I made my decision. I saw a Diamond Banks advert. People were to take a loan. No, 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 it wasn't, it was Bank PHB. Take a loan with your, to take your Valentine to Dubai for something, something. And I'm like, people are taking loans <laughs> for Valentine. Like, for Valentine. It takes all to go and eat. <laughs> and then I said, and you have this certification that means the world to you. Can you take a bet on yourself? Hmm. Can you take a loan? And I'm like, why do people take loans? People take loans for stupid things. Okay, let me not say stupid things. People take loans for, for weddings. People take loans to buy cars. Cars mm -hmm. that do not have appreciate, no appreciable value. You know, mm -hmm. it depreciates. People take loans to go on holidays. People take loans to do parties. Mm -hmm. And then people take loans to build houses, to get mm -hmm. a mortgage. Mm -hmm. And I said, the, you know, that one kind of made sense. I said, if people take loans to get houses, it's because of the returns. So I said to myself, what returns am I going to get from this? I said, I will appreciate in value. And so I went for it. But let me tell you, Ify, even though I got, I took a loan to pay that certification, I paid it off because I got an award at work. Mm -hmm. And then they gave me some huge bonus and I paid it off. But... I still wasn't confident to use it. So I got a coach who said mm. to me, Dupe, certifications can be a very expensive addiction if you're yes. not successful. Yes. So you see like your and their lenses. Yeah, you just keep buying and investing and mm -hmm. you tell yourself you're investing in yourself and it is good, but you need to start placing a demand on those investments right now. Hmm. That was when I saw that I had something I could potentially use. So that was where the first idea of running a leadership series on Facebook came from. But I still didn't know how to convert it to cash. So I was certified. I felt licensed to use, to use these resources to share mm -hmm. with people. But I started to translate it to money when somebody shifted my mindset for me. So how did you turn it to cash? Oh, so I will tell you the, the passive way and the active way. Mm -hmm. So the passive way was, I will call it active-passive because I started to make myself visible as, as, as an expert or a professional in the leadership development space. So mm -hmm. I tend to put my, and you're, you're, you're a marketing you know, expert as well. So putting my brand out there by organizing sessions from time to time started to increase my brand visibility. Brand. Oh, wow. Sure. I can call Dupe for that. So I took action. But beyond that, I remember that I was, I organized a first mastermind session for people. So mm -hmm. I invited people to come for a session and I offered them freebies. Mm -hmm. It was all on me, really. I, I rented the venue, got them copies of John Maxwell book, got mm -hmm. them lunch, paid for media coverage, all mm -hmm. on me. All of me, <laughs> pay people to come and learn from me. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. you know, because I still had doubts. Will people come if I ask them to come if there's nothing? But they came. I remember about 20 people in the room that day. But I read, an, I read another book that shifted my mindset. Two books, actually. And I decided to, to charge. So the next session I was going to have I charged, I charged people a certain amount of money mm -hmm. and people paid. And in, in two weekends, 
I, I made over six digits, you know, two Saturdays, I made six, mm -hmm. and I'm like, this thing is working. So mm -hmm. gradually, I started to charge people. <laughs> I asked for money. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there was also another time. So I, I think the way it works is, you know, um, I try to attract people. Let them, you know, I try to magnetize my offering. So I create a base. So I remember sometime in, you know, sometime a couple of years ago, I put something on LinkedIn. If you want a one-hour leadership session for your organization, like a launch and learn, you know, mm -hmm. I'm available for you to invite me. Though at that time, I was out of work. So that was okay. why I do that. So mm. I did that and people signed me up. And one mm. thing I agreed with them to do, it was free. One thing I agreed with them to do was, you don't pay me if you don't want to, but give me a, a letter of recommendation when I'm done. And mm -hmm. give me the, the permission to share some of the pictures we take together after this session on LinkedIn. And so they, they agreed to that. It wasn't going to cost them a dime. So they agreed to that. And my first external client was going to come from Ghana. And so a company reached out to me from Ghana saying, oh, wow, we see that you run some sessions. Are you able to facilitate the strategy session? And I said, why not? And so they took the game, you know, out of Nigeria. And that's, that's how it started. We just keep going, you know. <laughs> you know, when you're speaking, a couple of things, <clears throat> as, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm picking out one thing I think that is really powerful for you is the power of books. I see right. how books... And, and I think it comes from your curiosity because you, you ask questions a lot, you know, <laughs> you have questions. So whoever I'm going to ask, if I can't find who to ask, let me go and look for a book that's going to answer it. <laughs> you know, so, so that's really, really um, awesome. Um, but there was a question I had in mind. I don't want to forget it. I have another question though, but right. you talked about two books that shifted your mind. I don't know if you could share the titles because I know that people will always want well, to. I will share. Um, the first one is Go and make a mess. I need to be sure what that title is again. If I'm not sure, um, mm. just pardon me. I'm trying to go and make a mess or something okay. like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was written, written by a man called Roddy Galbraith. And, oh my goodness, it has escaped me now. But I'm happy to send it to you if you're going no to share it with your audience. So go and make a mess in the world. And what that book pretty much said to me was, you don't have to have it all together. Hmm. That nonsense that you think you have right now is actually good to go. Just go and do it. And so hmm. that gave me the courage. And then the next one was Hot Pursuit by a woman called Melissa West. And she talked about, you know, and I signed up for her program, by the way, I forgot to add, because mm -hmm. that program was how to transition from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. So okay. I even had to get certified or get licensed by her to mm. be able to run the same for other people. How do you make that transition? What sort of what, what sort of financial planning do you need to have in place? What's the mindset you need to have? How do you put yourself together? So those were things I did. And it just helped me to see that, you know what, you can actually do this. And I went for it. So Hot Pursuit by Melissa West. Um, you can find that on Amazon, I'm sure. The other one, I'm not sure if it's in circulation, but... I will surely share with you um, how to get it. 
No problem. I know because I always, always get the questions and, you know, one tiny thing and someone like goes, oh, no, she didn't finish that statement. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. So I look at, so now you've talked about the career mentoring, how it's growing and you're putting yourself out there, you're getting right. certifications. And at the same time, I look at your career path and you're actually growing. So mm. you started out, you know, um, I think in the um, HR firm, then you moved into PwC, moved into um, another multinational, and right. in each of the roles you're growing, how did you manage to combine that with growing in your career? Mm. You mean growing in my career and growing my business? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So I would say that earlier on in my career, of course, you remember there was no business, so mm -hmm. I only started to do business very, very less than 10 years ago. You know, I started that when I got to a point in my life, if that, you know, I wasn't just able to do business in terms of capacity. I mean, in terms of capacity, I knew I needed to learn. And that was why I got that book. But I needed mm -hmm. to plan to accommodate business into my life. Hmm. And this is what I mean. Sometimes some people know that they have the flair for business. They want to do business. Well, it just looks like, oh my God, there's so much going on. I can't put an extra thing on my plate right now. Sometimes mm -hmm. you might be shocked. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody will get to do it, but if you desire it, we want to, let, let me show you how to make it happen. For me, right, one of the things I did at that point in my life was if I'm going to start doing side gigs, what will that look like in my 24-hour schedule? Mm. So I needed to start with what sort of person am I? Am I a morning person? Am I a night person? Because you cannot afford, you know, I read this from, and I'm sorry I'm quoting a lot of books, but. That, no, it's good. It's good. I love books. Like, I love books. Oh, my God. Right. So there was a productivity expert I learned from at the time, and he made me to realize that the real problem with procrastination is not that you don't want to do what you want to do is that you put the important things you want to do at a That's time you're least productive. Mm -hmm. So when you tell yourself you're going to pray at night, knowing pretty well that you, you're not the night person, you've, that, that plan is already dead on arrival. Telling mm -hmm. yourself you're going to pray when you get back from work, when you know that as you're going home, you're already snoozing in the car. Mm -hmm. You already know you're not going to do jack. So mm -hmm. that learning helped me to see that I needed to find the, the time of day that I'm most productive. And for me, I, I happen to be a morning person. Mm -hmm. So what that helped me to do, I sat down, I looked at several factors for my, for my life. One, how much, how long does it take me from my house? What's my drive time? What's my commute time? Mm -hmm. When do I need to wake up to be productive? When do I have to sleep to have good enough sleep so that I'm not useless to anybody and to myself? So I, <laughs> it's true. So I created like a shadow on mm -hmm. Excel as, as, as very, very manual mm -hmm. as I can sound. Mm -hmm. I created, you know, my Monday to Sunday and from 12 a.m. to 11.59 p.m. All right, what am I going to be doing between 12 a.m.? Okay, so because I'm, a, I'm not a night person, I sleep at night. 10 p.m. is my cutoff. Mm -hmm. I need to sleep by 10, Okay. If I sleep by 10 and I have six hours of sleep, doctors recommend six to eight hours good sleep. Mm -hmm. So if I do six hours of sleep, that means I wake up four. 
If I wake up 4 a.m., it means I don't have children disturbing me because they are sleeping. Mm -hmm. Most likely, I don't have husband disturbing me. So at mm -hmm. that time is my me time. I don't have a boss shouting down my head or whatever. Mm -hmm. Nobody, because it's my time. Mm -hmm. So between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., I do me. I do what I want to do. Plan whether I want to coach someone, whether I want to do a live broadcast. In fact, a lot of my Facebook broadcasts then were happening in the mornings. Wow. So I, I, I will plan. You know, I need to do a, a LinkedIn post. I need to do a Facebook post. I need to read a book. I need to send some proposals out. I will do all of those between 4 and 6 a.m. By 6, when everybody is getting to wake up and I'm, I've, already, I've already fulfilled myself. So when I go to work, and I'm giving my time to my employer, I don't feel like I'm doing work for them and I'm not able to do me because I did me before coming to work. This one, you just be working on air, actually. <laughs> you know, like, I got my day started already. Exactly. so good and excited. In fact, it, gives, it keeps you engaged. So the beautiful thing is, weekends, I then consolidate. What else do I need to do? So a lot of my weekends were spent doing speaking engagements, holding training sessions because I had invested at least 10 hours in the week. Because if I did two hours every week, uh, sorry, every day, every day, 10 hours, meaning that by Saturday, I, I'm, I'm adding more to my time and I feel fulfilled, you know? So let, let me, let me make it more realistic. So if you give two hours for yourself every day for five days, that is 10 days on a Saturday, if potentially you don't work in an organization where you have to clock time on Saturday, mm -hmm. most likely, let's say you can do additional five hours because, mm -hmm. you know, because it's Saturday, you mm -hmm. have 15 hours of your time. Or in some cases, you may even say five hours on Saturday and maybe let's say three or five more on Sunday, if you can. Mm -hmm. In one week, you would have given yourself 20 hours. You would have given your destiny, your passion. 20 hours. Do you know what that means? What that means is that even though you give your employers 40 hours in a week, you have done even almost half of that for yourself. For yourself. Now, let me help you appreciate what that is in numbers. If, you're, if you work 40 hours a week for your employer and they pay you the annual salary you're currently earning, just mm -hmm. slash that a little bit by two. That is potentially how much money you're losing by not spending this much time with yourself. It's just to give you an idea of how much you are not you can't place work on yourself but just to try to monetize it because if your employer saying they're paying you x amount of millions for your career they really, mm. they really can't pay you your worth mm. so i realized how to manipulate time to my advantage you know so i started to do that now the interesting thing is i was doing a particular job at the time the same job i told you helped me to wake up to my mm. Mm. But we did have a problem, and that was why we were restructuring. Guess what? I eventually lost that job. Oh, wow. Oh, yes, I did. I lost the job because after a while, we shut down. Oh, wow. We shut down operations, and there was nothing to hold back, hold on to. But do you know what? What I had built when I was doing my nine to five was what I kept doing when the job oh, went. Man. And for me, it helped me realize, oh my God, you are more than your job. 
you are actually an individual who has value and so much to offer. Mm -hmm. You know the interesting thing? The next job came because of this job, this thing I was doing. This thing that you were doing. So, so when Coca-Cola came and said, we, we see, I did not apply. We love what you're doing. Can you come at? They, I had to select what job I wanted from Coke. They gave me three options. We mm. see you can do X, Y, Z. Which one do you want? You want. So I had to pick, right? But it's not so much about the picking, but I got to the part where I needed to negotiate my offer. And one thing I said was, I recognize the fact that there might be a potential conflict of interest, but I have a passion I have built. Can you kindly, for X, Y, Z reasons, I love this thing I do. I don't want you to take it away from me. It became part of my negotiation. And so hmm. I was allowed to do my business, even what my everybody knew I trained during my spare time. My spare time meaning my weekend, my holiday. So sometimes mm -hmm. I'm leaving work on Friday evening and I'm catching a flight to Ghana to go and train a client on Saturday and Sunday. And then I'm hmm. back on Monday. On Monday. Those were the sort of things I did. So it became something, it became a part of me. And... Um, no regrets. I'm really, I'm really excited talking to you. You know, when you're talking about the number of hours, um, mm -hmm. one of the trainings that we, we I, I do this um, 31 day boot camp for people. It's, it's really like just you need to wake up, <laughs> and then so all the different things that they are worried about. And one of the classic excuses is I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And then one of the things that I teach there is how to actually make time. Mm -hmm. And it's really as simple as you've said it. And and I tell people like. I can't sleep. If there's a sleeping competition, I will win for Africa. Like, there's no need. Just put me there. <laughs> you know, it is that bad. Mm -hmm. But yet, I manage to find time every day mm -hmm. to work on me. Yeah. I'm a night person. So mm -hmm. I will just make sure everyone goes to bed. Right. Then I would actually, I can actually work till like 1 a.m. Like, mm -hmm. I would work. Like, I'm in work mode. Mm -hmm. next day go to work come back like that and then weekends i remember then at that point to my saturdays people never used to invite me for anything because mm -hmm. you invite me i just won't show up because i'm working on my business right right um so that's actually you know it was very exciting hearing you talk about right. it and i did lose my job too at a point oh my gosh imagine so we also had this restructuring never expected it in my mm -hmm. life never mm -hmm never at that point even the business i was managing was doing so well so wow. but guess what the only reason that year i was good was because i had started business right so at the point this happened my business was already paying me more than what my salary was wow. so even me i was even like ah you know you're going to work eh? you're, you're now working because of you love what you do you love what you do yeah me, don't, don't upset me <laughs> you know right. and, and there's one more thing that i also wanted to even buttress in what you're talking about right. is the fact that when you have something that you do by the side apart from the fulfillment that comes with it it actually helps it gives you negotiating power absolutely it does because interestingly in your own case you were you were transiting you were in between jobs mm -hmm. and your new job and you are able to choose how many people lose jobs and are able to choose what they want Right. I remember after I left, my, I left my job, I went in and I just went in fully. It was even when I launched my second business, this whole thing right. with women and everything. So when they, the, I remember the first job, they made me an offer that was 30% less than what I was earning. I told mm. the guy, I said, I'm, I, 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 that I said, I don't have work does not mean that I am desperate. So, <laughs> you know, I could say no. 
I could say no till I got what made sense. Indeed. But I've also seen people that also settle for less, far right. less than even where they were coming from, just because yes. they don't have that negotiating power. So, Indeed. Indeed. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I really, really, really enjoyed talking to you. So now, the, so I've been layering it up. So we started out with like your career, then right. we added the your side business and mm -hmm. now talked about career growing in it. Now I know that you're a wife, you're a mom. How do you manage all of them? At How do you manage all of them? You've talked about the morning time, but like, how do you do it? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So <laughs> I think one of the things women need to overcome is the fear of failing mm -hmm. in their responsibilities. You know, people get so crazy about, I don't want to drop a ball. And then they lose themselves. I tell people it's okay. It's okay to not have it all together. So mm. free yourself from that guilt or that fear. All right? Now, when people mm -hmm. ask me, how do you juggle? And, and the balls don't fall. I say, hey, be careful. Sometimes the balls, the balls mm. drop. Sometimes I drop them. Even I drop them. I'm not there are days I tell myself, no mommy duties today. Now, I can do that because of season. Now, someone mm. said something to me, and I love it so much. said, never, hmm. He said, not just understanding your season, but don't make, don't, don't make the seasons of your life the routine or something like that. You see, mm. that you are in a phase. There was a phase of my life where, you know, okay, let me, let me tell you. When I started, I remember I had my twins. I, I got married and I wasn't sure. Twins. Hey, hey. Ah. It's true, you have twins. I remember, I've seen it, I've seen it. I wanted yes. to have them in the US. That was when mm -hmm. I knew about I know. I know, I think I'm getting the connection. <laughs> right, so um, I was with twins and I'm like, I wasn't ready to have twins. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was pregnant. When oh, I was wow. pregnant and then they told me twins, I cried. And I remember I was being laughed at like, were you not, you know? And um, it all engulfed me and was consuming me. But when I had the twins, before I had them from 28 weeks, I had to be placed on bed rest. Not necessarily bed rest, but my office stopped me from coming because I was too heavy. I was oh, all over the place. Oh, I was tired. So okay. my mat leave kind of started, even though they were, they kept paying me, but it kept reading from 28 weeks. So when the babies came at 37 weeks, I'd been home for two months. Hmm. I was tired of maternity leave. So <laughs> I, I resumed immediately 12 weeks. I had my 12 weeks. And so I remember getting into the office and somebody said, oh, wow, were you not the lady who had twins? I said, yes, and if I were you, I would still be at home with my babies. I said, but I'm not you. You were me, but I'm not you. And you're not me, so let's get it over with. I did not allow the guilt to get, because my, my, my reason hmm. at the time was, I'm, I stay at home with these babies. They don't even see me. They are sleeping all day. Mm -hmm. They have all the satisfaction. Do I just want to satisfy the pleasure of, oh, wow, I, I stayed at home when my babies, you know, when I had my twin. No, there's no pride in how much time you stayed at home or you did not stay at home. Mm -hmm. what, what makes you happy? The question is, what makes you happy as a woman? What would make a beautiful life to you? Is it being able to go to the gym, having the body of your life, you know, being able to see your children to school, you know, being able, what, what is important to you? So I showed up at work. Now I'm in a phase of my life. Those children are now 11 years. Mm. And, you know, after I had the twins in 2011, 
their younger brother came in 2012. So I have three kids in two years. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's my reality. Now they are like triplets, yeah? The mm -hmm. girls are 11, the boy is 10, and it's just a beautiful thing to be with them. Yeah. Doing things with them. Now, this is an important life where their character is being molded, where a lot of things, I want to be more present than I've been in the previous years. Because mm. at that time when they were younger, not, of course, I spent some time with them, but now I want to have more time. So I would tell, I would say that what I have done is to understand my season. What is important right now? What do I need to prioritize? Everything cannot be important and urgent. At the same time, yes. So what is important right now? My, my, my children are on holiday, all right? We are all, we are all on holiday. I'm creating memories with them. Yesterday, for instance, I ordered, you know, Guinness Book of Records for 2023. And I said, you know what? Everybody, go and take 10 from there. Come and do a presentation for me. Tell me what made it fascinating. You know, we're mm -hmm. spending, creating memories. We're going out. I love to be that. What is important to you? Spending time, okay, with my family, going on holiday, making memories for myself, you know, building my career. In fact, I, I've slowed down. Okay, no, I've not quite slowed down on, on personal development. Now, my personal development has even become more expensive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you take like one big one at a time. Oh, no. This, to, this year alone, I can't even say how much I have. I can't tell you how much I've invested. I think I was $25,000 last year. You know? and, and these are some of the things that make it interesting. When, when people pay for my time, Mm. It's because I know what I'm giving up to be with you in that moment. That's the value. And I know how much I'm investing in myself to be able to give you the value you want. But having said all of that, it's to understand your season. What is important right now? What do I need to make happen? You know? And of course, I tell people, you can't have a work-life integration if you don't have good support system. You can't do it all alone. There are times you'll just be like, you know what, kids, I need you to... You know, I need somebody whether to help me achieve something or I want to spend time with the kids who can help me go shopping or who can help me do this. Sometimes some women want to be that super mom or my goal is not to be a super mom. Mm -hmm. my, 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 you know, super mom in the sense that you have to do... You have to do everything yourself. You go to the market, you cook, you wash all the clothes, you iron, you fold it, you hang it. Pick your battles. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, this effort was the impact in the long term. That you are the one who cooked for the household. What does that mean? Does it mean that people miss you? There were times I had a steady catering, even when I lived in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I would send somebody to deliver even jollof rice. You would deliver it so you do jollof rice, you do jollof, you do all the meat, you do everything. Cooked. Because I, I don't have time to go to the market. It's, my time is too precious to be asking haggling prices. You will go, you do the job, you get paid because you love to do it. You mm -hmm. are passionate about catering. Passionate. I'm not. So please get it done. If you love it, I don't. So what do I love to do? Chilling. Yeah, chilling. Chilling, <laughs> reading books, spending time with my children. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. As in, I'm so tickled here. Like, I'm really, really like cracking up because. I do this session with people when I ask them, write out everything that you do because you say you don't have time. So I, I teach you, first of all, how to make extra time. Right. But then in the things that you do, like honestly, so you must go, what are the things that happen in your home that you don't necessarily have to do it yourself? Right, right. And just, just go through it. And for, so for, I remember for me at that time, going to market, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I remember then that one went out. Mm-hmm. Cooking. I now say cooking once a month. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I would ask myself, so what did I need for me to cook once a month? I just needed more lights in the house. And this is where we don't ask for help. And that's one of the things I asked my husband. I said, I really need help here. I need, even if the freezers are on a different gender, it's always on. You wow. know, mm-hmm. I would cook once a month. So if you come to my house and I'm cooking, that's Saturday. That's what it is. I would do. And this is even like been a long time because, wow. I, like you said, you progress. Right. Sure, when you talk to your first, I remember, I'm sure this one is this. <laughs> One Christmas like that, eh, mm-hmm. I walked till 24th. I wow. was tired. Wow. I remember this place I used to buy jello fries. I just went there with one big cooler and bought mm-hmm. plenty jello fries with chicken, yeah. everything. I went back home, mm-hmm. put in the fridge. Next day, I brought out jello fries, Christmas rice. <laughs> everybody, everybody is happy. The funny thing, after I finish eating, I go on Instagram. I see that my cousin did exactly the oh same my thing. God. Cello fries, moi moi. She ordered the whole food. She's like, man, <laughs> tired. <laughs> so you know, I, I think you know, are some things that will happen in the world. If, if you don't mind, let me quickly mention. And I, you know, mm-hmm. these are paper plates. Going, <laughs> All of you that um, go to the abroad, you people switch to these paper plates. When I went and I realized, you see people looking fresh in their abroad. You're like, oh my god, the weather is good. It's not just the weather. People just reduce that when the reality of washing plates dawns on you of course the dishwasher is there but it's not every time you have to wait to have a good quantity you know yes. you load in the machine and you load it I'm like in the meantime please can you just serve yourself in this plate and trash it when you're done it reduces, it reduces the of you. but do you know some of those things don't even come to our mind at all no. like, no. like you know no. because it looks like uh, who doesn't wash plates yes you know, there's, you there's another there's another lady too. She's a career woman. She has her own business. She has three kids. She's she's yeah. abroad. She keeps saying it. I don't know why people don't get this. Paper plates. Paper <laughs> plates. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. It's been really exciting talking with you. Thank you so 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 much. I think we're rounding up now. So I think what what would be if there's any woman listening to you right now she's either in her job or she's doing something anyway she knows that she has things in her that she would want to birth and she wants mm. to do those things what would what would be your last words for that woman today i will tell you you know what first you can do it not just from your ability you know point of view but from even availability, you, it's possible. You can make time to do that thing. Now, another thing I know sometimes people are afraid of is conflict of interest, you know? Ah, uh, yes. How, how is this going to affect if my mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. find out? One thing I tell people is build, build fantastic relationships. See, you won't, nobody will go far in life without building solid relationships with the people they work with. I mm. mean, solid relationships. And don't wait till you need it before you build it. That's the problem. A lot of people don't have enough good relationship that they can cash from when the rubber hits the road. That's mm. why people get stranded when they need help, okay? Mm. So it is possible. The time is available. The support the support can be available. Invest in the people around you. And of course, your dream is, is, is doable. There are people doing it. Now, it doesn't even have to be perfect, okay? Don't try to be perfect. Just get started. You know, the phones you have, the gadgets you have today have different versions. They do mm-hmm. bug fixes. Get started and fix the bugs as you go. Nobody gets started because they're, because they are perfect. 
people perfect it after they get started. Okay? Yeah. So don't overthink it. You know, if you want to cater for people and you're wondering, oh my God, I still need to invest all this budget. Don't, you know, just ask people to order. You can put in, you know, mini plastics. And, I mean, you know how this things. I'm just encouraging yeah. you to go for your dream. All right. And um, the world is your oyster. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so, so much. Dupe. I am really, really happy that you were able to make this. I, I know that lives have been blessed. Thank you so, so much. I'm so excited because the more we get the stories out there, the more we would actually see a lot more coming out of um, women. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope we can have another opportunity to even deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh, no, so many things to be said in a short so time. So many, so many, so many, so many. Thank sure. you, dear. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. All right, then. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Woman podcast. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. If you have any questions at all in becoming an Uncommon Woman, please do share with me and I'll be happy to talk about it in subsequent podcast episodes. What if I could show you the simple yet powerful secrets of the world's greatest Uncommon Woman? for free would you be interested then do go to bit.ly slash uwskit to get your own copy today you would also get the first chapter of the uncommon woman book for free so that is bit.ly bit.ly forward slash uwskit all in caps lock so caps u caps w caps s caps k caps i caps t so go there and then you can download your own for free 